Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Quixote. We have an exciting episode today. Denver Broncos 53-man roster is set. We're going to go over the, the biggest surprises of this roster, maybe the strongest groups. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the players that were put on IR. Undrafted rookies. Chris, you know a lot about that. Broncos kept a few of them before we get into it. Happy Friday, man. How are you doing? Oh, doing good, man. Glad to be back on. And uh, I'm glad this finally the 53-man uh, roster is set. Now they can get focused on getting ready for the Raiders. Yes, sir. Week one is coming quicker than we could ever have expected. The Broncos are going to be playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Week one rivalry game. Chris, you said it. Yeah. These games count as two. And this is going to be an important game. And seeing this initial 53-man roster, you know, this is uh, this is going to be a good measure of how, how the Broncos can start the season. Um, looking at the initial roster from your perspective, how are you feeling going into week one? Are you, are you feeling confident uh, about this group of guys versus the Raiders? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of a little scared, you know. Uh, I don't see as many weapons especially from the receiver side yet, yep. at least proven. Uh, just knowing that we got Cortland just going in, really the only true vet, you know, we got rid of Callaway. That was a surprise. Uh, yeah. That just shows that the young receiver, uh, they felt like he stepped up and was better than Callaway. So I'm interested to see what he can do in the, uh, when the games, when these get big games start. But other than that, man, um, I feel like we have a very young team. Mm -hmm. uh, we still we have a lot of guys that are uh, coming in this league to prove themselves yeah. and to make a name for themselves. So I'm excited about that. But we are a young team offensively-wise other than shoot, Russell Wilson. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all gels together. Um, and hopefully we have to gel fast because we got new coaching, you know, um, and uh, like you said, a rival game. From the first week so we got to get it we got to get it going early yeah and and you talked about the receiving room right now the only four receivers that are on the broncos active roster Cortland sutton marvin rims brandon johnson and jerry judy who's probably yeah. not going to play in that week one game unless something happens he was seen practicing on the side field yesterday so that is a good sign mm -hmm. but even with going into that first game with four receivers, that makes me a little concerned. But what that tells yeah. me is that they are going to, to stay true to the Sean Payton offense and run the rock. So really right. excited to see that. Uh, Chris, I, I want to get your thoughts. When the 53 man roster was announced, we've Sean Payton said it was going to be a fluid roster going into week one. So there's mm -hmm. going to be changes. This roster that we've seen is not the same roster that we're going to see come game day. Some guys were released and then were already, you know, signed back. Mike Purcell being one of those guys, he was released one day, literally signed back the next day. Kind of a, a procedural move is what they called it uh, so that they could get other guys uh, put onto the practice squad, put on a short-term IR. Uh, you also mentioned Callaway being one of those guys that uh, mm -hmm. that was a surprise. He is now with the Raiders. So we will be playing Marquez yeah. Callaway uh, in, in week one. Um, Chris, 
four undrafted rookies made this Broncos team. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, the running back, Nate Adkins, the tight end, Alex Palchuski, the offensive lineman, and Thomas and Coombe, the outside linebacker. I, I can't remember a time when there were four undrafted rookies making the, the team at one time, but this is an incredible haul for the Broncos. They found they feel like they found some hidden gems. How do you feel about these four undrafted free agents and, and yeah. what kind of impact are you hoping to see from them, not yeah. just in week one, but maybe throughout this whole season? I think these all guys had great um, preseasons. You know, they came out and uh, produced, you know, um, especially uh, McLaughlin. When you see what he did at running back, he came and proved that whatever he did in college wasn't no fluke. Yeah. He, was, he was really – he's really nice like that, you know, and being able to run the ball between the tackles, uh, play receiver, you know. Even though he's small, he was still making big plays. Yeah. Um, I think the, the big key uh, – uh, we had to keep the uh, the uh, outside linebacker yeah. undrafted guy. He was just all over the field. He was bringing pressure. He looked like he's going to be a promising pass rusher. Yeah. Um. Uh. The the tight end slash. I think what made him is he's like a tight end slash fullback. He can do both. Yeah. He, so I think that's what made him that. valuable. Yeah. yeah. And he solid on special teams. So, um, that's how you make a team as an undrafted. Being able to do multiple play multiple positions. Um, make yourself valuable all all over the field, and um, uh, I didn't get to really check out the uh, the it was the offensive lineman. I think yeah, he had a tackle Alex that Palchewski. made it. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't get to really check him out like that, but he had to be solid. You know what I mean to be able to make the team as an O lineman as an undrafted. That doesn't happen a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. He he's a big dude. Adkins uh, definitely provided a little bit more to the offensive scheme, and then like you said, mm. the special teams aspect is the big one. You got to be able to yeah. get you, you got to be able to get on the field on special teams, and right. when the Broncos traded Alberto Cuevanom uh, after initially announcing that they were releasing him or waiving him, then they trade him to Philly for a, a six round pick. You know, a, a lot of people were really confused because he had this great game against the Rams. Well, you can perform well, like in, in the offense, you can you can ball out against the third and fourth stringers in a in the final preseason game, but. What else are you going to provide to the team? And that's where that that's where that decision came in. This guy's in the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there was some attitude stuff that was talked about last year, and then he doesn't play on special teams. What value are you adding to the team? You know, so right. uh, like you said, special teams is how you make the squad. Nate Adkins, uh, really excited to see what he can bring to the team. He's going to be a part of that four man tight end room with Adam Troutman, Greg Dulcich, and and Chris Manhurts. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the other part of this too, Chris, is that the Broncos did put eight players on IR to start the season. Five of them are going to be out for the season. Tim Patrick, Jonas Griffith, Jalen Virgil, um, Christopher Allen and Forrest Merrill, all five of those guys done for the year. Uh, Mm -hmm. PJ Locke, Palchuski and K1 Williams were all put on short-term IR so they will be out at least for four games. And then Baron Browning, of course, is still on the PUP list. Uh, he will also be out for at least four games. The good news here, Chris, while obviously we're going to miss some of those guys, Tim Patrick, I think, is the big one that we're going to miss. Jalen Virgil as well, his special teams ability and his speed on the offense. Kwan Williams is going to be the guy that we miss the most uh, on, mm-hmm. on the defensive side. P.J. Locke will be back 
sooner rather than later. But I think the big surprise is that they did not put Jerry Judy on any type, any type of IR. So that tells us maybe he's coming along quicker, but there's still some doubts there. What do you think about that? You know, are, are you glad that Jerry avoided the, the IR and are you hopeful that he plays for yeah. week one? Well, I think now for Judy, we're going on his second week now uh, being, you know, getting recovered. So he should start to start finding, start feeling better. Uh, like I said, when he got hurt, it's usually three weeks. Yeah. Uh, depending on who you are. He's a young guy. So I expect him to come back pretty fast, you know. Yeah. So I, there was no point for him to go on IR. That would have been like seven weeks total of a hamstring injury, you know. So I don't see that see that injury taking that long. So yeah. I see him being ready. Um Probably after the Raiders game, being full ready, fully ready to go. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a stretch to see if he can play next week. That'd be a stretch, but because you don't want to have a lingering injury and fighting through that the whole season. Nobody wants yeah. to do that, you know. Yeah. So um, hopefully Judy's able to come back full, get his hamstring fully healthy. And I think he should be good after the Raiders game. Yeah, it, and you know, I, I think even going into week one against the Raiders with these four wide receivers, I think we're probably going to see at least one guy come up from the practice squad. Um, my guess mm-hmm. would be that it's either newly signed wide receiver, Philip Dorsett or yeah. uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey, who had a great preseason. He's been in this offense before mm-hmm. He provides a lot in the run game. I think it's probably going to be one of those two guys, uh, which brings us to, our next topic here, the Broncos practice squad. They announced finally 17 uh, players that are going to be on the practice squad. So one of those guys has got to come off. But uh, I'm, I'm just going to go down the list here really quick. Uh, defensive lineman P.J. Mustafer, they bring him back. Philip Dorsett, of course, that I mentioned. Uh, L.J. Humphrey as well. Tyler Lancaster, they bring him back onto the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Ben DiNucci, the quarterback, they bring him back. Uh, Art Green cornerback Tyler Beatty they brought him back Will Sherman the offensive lineman Marcus Hayes the uh undrafted free agent edge rusher uh Devon Key who I thought played really well during the preseason they managed to bring him back offensive lineman Demontre Jacobs this was a big one too Chris right here David Sills the wide receiver from the New York Giants they bring him in this guy is this guy can provide a little bit of that Tim Patrick esque uh, uh, mm-hmm. vibe to the offense, but he is a great special teams player. This is going to be something to keep an eye on as well. He could be that other wide receiver that they bring up week one. Dwayne Washington, the running back, they bring him back. Uh, Hagai Debussy, <laughs> they bring him back. Mm-hmm. The defensive lineman, Michael Bandy, the wide receiver, Jordan Jackson, the defensive lineman, and Lucas Kroll the tight end from New Orleans who played with them in the preseason. Un- again, another undrafted free agent rookie. They really liked him. He, I think he's 6'6", 240 pounds, big dude, can can provide in the uh, the run game and in the passing game. That's going to be someone to keep an eye on as well. If any one of those tight ends start to kind of you know feather off, that's going to be huge. So, Chris, practice squad set. We're feeling good about it. I want to ask you this because I feel like a lot of people see the practice squad and they think, okay, these are just guys that we just have around just in case something Mm -hmm. happens. But as a, as a player, can you tell me what a practice squad does 
during the week? What is their role during a game week preparation? Yeah, uh, definitely uh, their role is to make sure you get the offense and the defensive guys ready to roll. You know, try to give them the best look of Josh Jacobs, you know, whoever's playing the running back. Yeah. Beat Josh Jacobs. You got to play the best Devontae Adams this week. You know, run your routes just like them. You know, um, also you have guys that are on the uh, practice squad that are going to be getting reps in games. And because now with the way the league is set, um, you can have veterans on like a Philip Dorsett. Yeah. You can have him on the practice squad, but he's going to be active on the active roster playing and getting, you know, yeah. getting catches, you know. So uh, the way it is, it's not the same how it was when I was in the league um, or let's uh, say the beginning of the years when yeah. I was in the league, you know, it wasn't. Uh, set like how they have it now or actually i would say it changed in the last cba mm. uh the last cba is where it changed and COVID, COVID really changed it because you can add like five more players on the p squad i think yeah so now your your uh, p squad has a lot more guys you can put vets on there um guys that you can use all throughout the year so um it's not really it's a practice squad slash active roster kind of yeah uh in in between yeah um, so I want to, I want to bring this up too, cause I, I just saw this before we started the show and, and I wanted to bring it up because I feel like this is going to be the topic of, you know, this whole season is, is who's going to be the guy mm-hmm. in this offense and with the wide receiver room looking the way that it's looking right now and them having to kind of play musical chairs with some of these spots, who is going to be that breakout player? for the Broncos offense. And I saw an article today that said, good morning football named Greg Dulcich as the breakout player in Sean Payton's offense. And we, we talked about this in one of our earlier episodes, who's going to be that guy that breaks out, who's going to be the X factor guy. And I, I'm pretty sure that we, I'm pretty sure that we said Dulcich, but I want to get your thoughts. Who do you think is going to be that breakout player in this offense in week one? against the Raiders. Yeah. Man, week one, I think the breakout player has to be uh uh we gotta have Cortland Sutton. He gotta be that breakout guy that game. Yeah. Cause he's gonna have the most pressure. We're gonna definitely need a hundred yards, a couple touchdowns from Cortland. Uh Megatron game because uh he's gonna be the main receiver, you know? Yeah. Uh Dolchich and those guys can't get open unless Cortland and them are yeah are doing some things outside and we're having a solid run game. So um, that's my guy that I, I think that I'm putting the onus on that we need to have a breakout game uh, versus the Raiders. But Dolchich, shoot, he comes out there balling too. That'll be huge to be able to open up that middle yeah. and be able to um, piggyback off the play actions and the over routes and seams that Sean Payton likes to run with his tight ends. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they use the wide receivers in week one. I, I hope that they have – enough guys to where they can get a good rotation going in and you know you got to have the run game going and i feel like i feel like javante is going to get plenty of carries i feel like he's going to be fine Mm -hmm. but still it's like who which receiver is going to show out it's probably not going to be mims you know Mm -hmm. it's probably not going to be brandon johnson so that leaves Cortland sutton as the guy Mm -hmm. so hopefully Cortland can uh can have that breakout game I'm ready to see it. I I can't wait. I can't believe we, we have it. to wait another week just to have yeah. NFL football back. But uh, Chris, we recently joined the Believe Fantasy Football League. 
Uh, you and I are going to be co-owning a team. So this is our time to talk about fantasy football with the Broncos. And going into week one, I think there's going to be a lot of questions of which Broncos players should you start? Which Bron Broncos players should you sit? And if you're like me and you're in multiple fantasy football leagues, you probably stay consistent in picking the players that you like. Javante Williams is my running back in two of my leagues right now. He's probably might be our running back in the Believe Fantasy League. Who knows? But Chris, I, I want to talk about this because this is like the, the big question with fantasy football. Who are we going to start? Who's the good players to sit? Going against the Raiders, who do you think are the players that we should start from the Broncos offense? Oh, definitely Javante. Yeah. You know, I don't think the Raiders have been the top run-stopping defense and and forever, you know, since yeah. <laughs> since I've been watching, they have been like a top run defense. So I would go with Javante, uh, starting him. Uh, I might bench Russell until I can see it, until yeah. he can show me he can throw for a three hundred game, three touchdown game. Uh, that might be kind of hard. Yeah. Um, Garoppolo definitely sit. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm starting the Broncos defense this game. Uh, I'm thinking that we're gonna come out with a couple turnovers. Hey, uh, we got Jacobs. We got to stop him. Yeah, he would be a guy I would start though. Yeah, because history says that he's had great games versus the Broncos. Yeah. So um, uh, looking at the other side, he would be a guy I would start for sure. But I'm definitely benching Adams. You know, I think Sertan's gonna clamp that man. Oh, okay. I yeah. I like that. I like that. I I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's a fair analysis. Yeah. I think if if you start the Broncos defense, you get the turnovers because Jimmy did not play well against that defense last year. And right. I, I think that's completely valid. Um, mm -hmm. My start, my starting guys, I'm going to start Javante. Obviously, uh, mm -hmm. there was there was a tweet that came out that was like Sean Payton had a, a top 15 fantasy running back for like 10 years when he was in New Orleans. So I'm buying hard on all of the Broncos running backs. Uh, definitely going to start Javante week one. I'm going to start Greg Dulcich in this game. And mm -hmm. I'm going to start Greg Dulcich in this game simply because the wide receiver room is so thin. I think Cortland's a good get uh, going into week one because his last two games, last season against uh, against the Raiders. He had 10 catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown in both of those games. Your, mm -hmm. your sitting of Russ, I agree with. Last year, against, uh, last year against the Raiders, 41 of 56, 584 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, five rushes, 37 yards, and one rushing touchdown, but six sacks. That's the part that gets me. He hasn't he hasn't blown out the Raiders. He's played fine. Mm -hmm. He's played well enough, but not well enough to start him against the Raiders. So I'm going to agree with you mm -hmm. there. Start Javante Williams. You heard it here first. Start Javante Williams. Start Greg Dulcich. Start, mm -hmm. Maybe start Cortland Sutton. Probably. I like Cortland Sutton versus uh, Peters. I like. Yeah. I like Sutton. Peters is going to fall asleep one time. Cortland's <laughs> going to hit him with a big play. So I like Cortland in this game. I'm gonna go with Cortland. He keeps he keeps like his eyes in the backfield too much, man. Yeah, keeps he's gonna give up one big play, you know. Yeah, 
Uh, he's good for it. Yeah, you know? he's he's always good for one. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I honestly do I do like the de- starting the Denver defense uh, against the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Josh Jacobs does scare the crap out of me as far as the the fantasy matchup goes. But I think if they can keep that kind of bend, don't break mentality, let him get his rushing yards. Don't let him into the end zone. That's going to be your best case scenario if you do choose to start the Denver defense. So, Chris, this brings us into the no-fly zone. My favorite part of this show where we get to talk a little bit more about you as a player. And I want to ask you, Opening week is coming up. What's your favorite memory from an opening week game? Man, we had a lot of great opening week games. Um, I'll never forget um, Peyton had like seven touchdowns. Yeah. We played Baltimore. <laughs> yep. That's... Opening game. That was crazy. <laughs> you know, I think I had to pick that game too. Yep. Uh, man, I'll never forget that game was, uh, that was like a, redemption game because they had mm-hmm. just beat us in the playoffs that year so Peyton we wanted to come out hot and yeah I mean he came out seven touchdowns man so I'll, I'll never forget being hyped after that game shout out Julius Thomas man he had some he oh had Julius some, was going off he that went game, off man. that game yeah. <laughs> DT DT yeah. also man D- yeah I will never forget so I was I was in Eugene at the time I was going to college mm-hmm. down there and and I was I was so hyped because of the the revenge factor. I was like, mm-hmm. I was mad. Uh, I had a couple of buddies <laughs> that were Baltimore Ravens fans and and we went to this bar in Eugene and we're watching the game and I was nervous. I wasn't, I'm not gonna lie. I was really nervous going into that game. And as soon as DT caught that screen pass and then yeah. just went, I I was like, yeah, you're done. It's, mm-hmm. it's over. Um, what is, the next question here, I know the the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, all great rivalries with the Broncos. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's other teams, like the Patriots are a team that, you know, we talked about that with Kayvon. The Patriots are a team that yeah. you had some big battles with. Uh, the Ravens, there's all the that history there. What was your personal favorite rivalry with a team during yeah. your time with the Broncos? Oh man, um, that's that's hard. Probably I would have to say uh, Keenan Allen uh, going against uh, Gates and Philip yeah. Rivers and those guys. Uh, that was always a you know trash talking week. Philip Rivers never shut up. You know, so, <laughs> I was gonna say he don't. You know shut he's up always talking mess. So he made he made it fun, um, especially when uh, Raiders when they had Crabtree and. Oh, uh, yeah. The whole AFC was a rivalry, man, yeah. back then. You know, yeah. it was different. You know, we had we had to deal with the Chargers receivers. Then next week, come on, you got to deal with Crabtree and Cooper. Yep. And then you got to deal with uh, the rate or what the uh, Chiefs had with. I think they had Macklin at the time. Yeah. Um, this is kind of kind of before early Kelsey. Yeah, kind of before Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it really started going crazy. Uh, I mean, those are big time games every week, so. Um, also seeing the Patriots because we at one period we had to play the Patriots every year. Yeah, right. Um, when year. I was in Denver, it was like we had to play them every year, and it seemed like almost every year we had to go there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so that was a rival. Uh, the Colts was a rival at the time. People yeah. don't know, you yeah. know, going against Andrew Luck, Peyton. You know, Andrew Luck thing that was a rival. Uh, you know, Ty, Ty Hilton, Reggie Wayne. Those how, are how those are was- big games. So. 
how good was Andrew Luck? Like, like you being on yeah. the field and having to play against that dude, like we see it yeah. from we see it from our perspective as the fan. We're just watching on TV, but as a player, like how good was Andrew Luck really? Because that a lot of people yeah. don't understand. He was next level. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. He was definitely one of the top five quarterbacks at his time. Um, very consistent guy. Thing about Andrew Luck, man, he was so tough, man. Mm -hmm. He could take some hits. And I mean, we were hitting Andrew Luck. <laughs> it wasn't like he was taking no. This is he was taking hits through the whole. He was in the air no fly. Yeah. And we were smacking Andrew Luck. Like you just get he was up. Just, after the games, they were saying, "Oh man, y'all done bruised. Y'all done messed up his whole." You know, his whole body had bruises everywhere after he was done playing us, you know. And yeah. I think we were kind of one of those reasons why he wanted to retire, man, because he took a lot of hits versus us, man. <laughs> we were smacking him. So, but he was definitely tough quarterback. A lot of people couldn't be able to handle the pounding that he was on. He could throw, man. He could make all the oh, yeah. all the uh, decisions. Um, he just wasn't um, – I would say he just didn't have it to where – he probably needed just a little bit more to be able to get over that hump, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, they they didn't really do that great of a job protecting him for those last few years. and He didn't have an O-lineman at all. No. His O-line was just terrible. No, they got Q, yeah. I think, like his second to last year or maybe his last year is when they got yeah. Quentin Nelson. And then and then they really, you know, went into the, the offensive line development. But, yeah, man, it, you you saying that you were smacking him, it, that felt a little personal. Man. It, it, <laughs> Man, they was hitting. Man, they was out there hitting Andrew Luck so hard, man. You go back and watch the games versus. I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna go back. I'm telling and you, watch he was out games. there taking a lot of hits. One time, I think we hit him like thirty some times. You know, uh, they had counts of how much we was hitting him. You yeah. know, and and uh, this, I remember he would been out. He was out like the next week. Yeah. So yeah. we. That's how bad. I mean, Dan Trevathan and them were just unloading TJ. Everybody. Yeah, Those man. Guys are and I think they, they had to change a lot of the rules, you know, especially all these quarterback protection rules. I really think they really truly came because of Andrew Luck. Yeah. And uh, the beating that he was taking. I mean, guys were like WWE slamming <laughs> Andrew Luck at that time. So, like, they can't do that now, you know, but. Not a chance. Uh, Andrew Luck was such a big, strong guy that, you yeah. know, those are the ways they had to get him down. You you, had yeah, you had to. Because he he was so, yeah. he was so big and like he could move a lot better than people gave him credit for. He was oh like, he could run. He was fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and like a guy yeah. that size, like you think about how you guys treated Cam in the Super Bowl. Like yeah. people were like, oh my gosh, it, they're it, it's ridiculous how rough they are. You don't understand yeah. how large these humans are and like how hard you have to hit them. If you try to lollipop yeah. hit them, they're not going to go down. They're just get, they're gonna bounce off of you and keep going. You have to hit them hard, right? So it's right. I think he could come back and play too if he wanted to. Andrew, easily. oh yeah, it's just you know he doesn't want to. Just if his body, yeah, he's just body. He's already did enough, man. I'm yeah. telling you, he was he was taking a beating, you know. So yeah. I can understand why he retired for sure. He's yeah. one guy I can see. I can see why. Yeah. Well, I mean, the I I still think about the AFC Championship game. Um, in 2015 and i will never forget the little stat that they put on the bottom of the screen towards the end of the game it's like you guys hit brady like 19 times it was the most he'd been hit in a single game in his yeah. career and you just like 
replay after replay wolf slamming him into the turf mm -hmm. vaughn hitting him hard trevathan hit i mean all you guys were just laying into these quarterbacks for years and yeah it, it's no surprise that you know when you bring up the the scariest defenses of our time like there's no there's no argument that that team legion of boom you guys are top two defenses all time and for that reason you had to be relentless in getting to the quarterback so yeah that is going to do it for our show today chris thank you so much stay oh, yeah. tuned we are going to have more as we approach week one against the Raiders. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Coyote, at Believe Network. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Chris, today you're rocking the Super Bowl 50 hat. I appreciate yes, it so much. Look at that. Conference champions, Super Bowl champions. Fifty man. There it is. Yes, sir. Right there, there's the. Thank 50. you, Brady. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I am, of course, repping my Milwaukee Mustangs. Fifty nothing win over Rex Putnam, their crosstown rival last night. Good win for the boys. Until next time, Broncos country, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.